and welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast, where we discuss marriage, parenting, discipleship, homeschooling, and everything else that comes into play when you're following God's plan for your family. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and today I'm going to be talking to Darren Jones, a very involved homeschool dad who works as senior counsel for HSLDA. We're going to be talking about practical ways for dads to get more involved in homeschooling, whether they're the primary home educator or not. You'll also hear from personal experience many ways that getting dad more involved will be good for your entire family. You definitely don't want to miss this week's chat. I'm so glad you're here, so let's dive right in. Today, we're joined by Darren Jones, who is a senior counsel for HSLDA, or the Homeschool Legal Defense Association. Darren's a dad of four. Um, One of his children has already graduated, but he and his wife are still in the trenches homeschooling three, and we are going to talk about dads who homeschool and how, as dads, you can get more involved, and even the fact that a lot of dads are taking on a bigger and bigger role uh, sometimes the exclusive role in homeschooling every day. It's a it's a pretty interesting and exciting shift. So, Darren, thank you so much for joining us this week. You are most welcome. Glad to. Great, great. Can you tell us a little bit more than you know that tiny little bio I just gave of who you are, how your family's made up, and um, really how long you've been at HSLDA, that kind of thing, just to let us know a little bit more about you. Okay, I can do that. Uh, so my wife and I were both homeschooled for our last couple years, uh, me for two years and Sarah for four. And after I graduated, um, I was, uh, uh, did some Bible school and then a bit of college and, uh, went to law school and ended up here at Homeschool Legal Defense Association back in the mid nineties. Sarah was an intern at the time that I was a legal assistant and I was pretty interested in her, but I was in law school at the time, so <laughs> I didn't let her know that because uh, I had studying to do. But we got married in uh, the year 2000, and we had a couple kids fairly early on in the 2000s, and then two more a little later. And so we have been kind of officially homeschooling since about, oh, 2005, 2006, Mm. around there. We've got four kids. Uh, As you said, one has graduated, and she wants to be uh, an English major. She's a a real good writer. Mm. I've got um, uh, another son who's very interested in all things computer and video. And then my two younger ones are, uh, one has just gotten into drama She's in a play actually tonight. She's oh, yay. in drama practice. And then also tonight, my youngest one is uh, going to his Cub Scout meeting. So, uh, yeah, you said in the trenches that sometimes can be a, a pretty good description, <laughs> especially as I look outside now and it's a gray February day and hmm. not a whole lot of energy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we're pretty fortunate here in South Carolina. The last few days have been just like spring it's been amazing so with us rushing towards nashville preparation right now it's been a a real blessing to have a little bit of that lifting of spirits that beautiful weather will bring maybe Um, you can send it up this way you know i'm a little selfish so i think i'll keep it keep it here for a while but i'll be glad to share if there's extra i'll just pass (laughs) the extra along (laughs) 
Um, well, tell me, you know, I read a little bit of some of your story on an article that I'm going to post below, but it, how did you recognize the fact that as a dad, you needed to start getting a little bit more involved? Um, you know, I think there's probably moms all over the place saying, yes, get my husband more involved. So what was the, the point of recognition where you realized that, you know, A, there was an opportunity here for you, but also there was really a need for you to get more involved? Okay. Well, I will start with the answer to your question. And then if you don't mind, I'll back up a little from there. Perfect. Uh, the answer to your question, what was the point, was when I got home one night and my wife said, if you want the kids to be homeschooled next year, you're doing it. I'm burned out. <laughs> so, you know, husbands and wives communicating. This is yep. a good thing. Yep. Um, now, as far as, as I said, I'd go back a little bit. Um, one of the lawyers here at HSLDA uh, at the time uh, named Scott Somerville uh, had told me that he had had a similar conversation with his wife at one point. And so he started getting more involved as the kids were moving into high school, you know, grade nine, 10, around there. And so I always kind of had in the back of my mind, because I really like teaching, that sure, when the kids get up to ninth or 10th grade, I'll uh, get more involved. But it turned out for our family that it needed to be earlier than that. Mm -hmm. So when the kids started getting into middle school, grade six or grade seven, that was when Sarah told me, you know what, this is just too big for one person to be doing alone. Uh, she was also at the time starting to do some writing to make some income. She actually blogs here at HSLDA. Uh, and so it was it was a time for me to uh, to get involved, and I have never regretted that. I've regretted maybe a little bit not doing it sooner, yeah. although to tell the truth, I, I do enjoy teaching middle school and high school a lot better than teaching first and second graders, <laughs> and I say that as one who tonight at my son's Cub Scout meeting, I have the uh, the second grade troop there. So, you know, it's, there are certain things you can do with that age group, but it's just playing a lot more fun when you, you get a little older, I think. Well, and just practically speaking, homeschooling the younger grades doesn't take quite as much time as homeschooling the older grades either. So I don't think that moms tend to get to that point of burnout nearly so soon, generally speaking, with the younger grades. So I think that probably practically you see a lot more of the need coming in. In our family, it was as the kids got to maths that I just couldn't remember easily and didn't really have the, the patience to go back and look, whereas David has a, has a great mathematical brain and it was easy for him to jump in. So I'm sure that there are, there are different circumstances that, that open that door in different families. Go ahead. Yes, there really are. Uh, for us, both Sarah and I tend to be more of the, uh, the liberal arts spectrum. Mm -hmm. uh, her more from the writing perspective, me more from the history angle. So science and math for us has been a, it has been a challenge. In fact, one of my kids uh, this year is doing an HSLDA online academy class yeah. uh, because his math is really above what I can, what I can do well. Um, and that's actually one of the real nice things about homeschooling now, as opposed to when I was being homeschooled in the late 80s, 
there's just a ton of stuff out there. Oh, yes. And it's really, uh, that actually has been my job for the last eight years, seven, eight years, is uh, taking a day or two in May and sitting down and going through what's our curriculum going to be for the next year? What is hmm. each of the kids going to do? And I used to sit down with a, a whole bunch of catalogs and go through, and uh, now I sit down, use the internet instead, and uh, Amazon gets this humongous order from us yeah. <laughs> sometime in, in May. And for me, it's like uh, Christmas for the next month. We're getting boxes and packages, and the, the kids are rolling their eyes, oh, no, Dad's excited about school, and it's not even the end of this year. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's so funny, the different reaction and how that reaction from the kids shift when they're younger and it's it, they're as excited as we are. And then as they get older, that kind of fades a bit, <laughs> at least in it, our family. <laughs> it, it really does. Yes. I still get really excited. I mean, we just, my son and I just started a half year economics course a couple oh, days good. ago and, and the textbook for that came and I started thumbing through it and he was kind of interested, but it, it, one of the real fun things I've been able to do as a dad, as the kids get older, is kind of adapt courses so to mm -hmm. to do things that they're interested in. Um, my daughter, who's graduated, the last two years for English, uh, for grade eleven, we did a study of classic science fiction and fantasy, mm -hmm. and then for grade twelve, we did uh, British lit from. Beowulf up through, I think we finished with uh, C.S. Lewis and Orwell. Oh, cool. It was fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the time that you're spending together with them is just invaluable. Um, it really is. And one of the things that I, I tell dads when I do this workshop or when I'm talking with them at the conferences, um, a lot of them really want to know, okay, I, I'd like to help out, but what's the time commitment? For me, my wife and I do about half and half, but she was really good with all four of the kids in the early years about training them to be independent learners. Hmm. So a lot of the work they do on themselves, you know, by themselves with us supervising. So when I get home, usually in the evening, I count on about an hour to an hour and a half each night. Uh, no more than that, and sometimes only 20 or 30 minutes. Uh, and that includes you know, reading whatever book we're reading as a family at the time, and then uh, reading history with one, and doing uh, catechism with another, and music with one. And, um, right now, one of my kids is real interested in Shakespeare, so we're in the middle of watching Kenneth Branagh's Much Ado About Nothing. Ah, that's a good one. It is. It's uh, it, it's really a hoot. Yep, yep. They did a great job with it. So, so it sounds to me like you are involved in a lot of different areas. That there isn't really one entry point for you as a dad. That you guys have been able to figure out a system that works where you really are dividing and conquering this big task. Very definitely. Um, but that system changes uh, mm. year to year and even semester to semester. For example, one of the things that we have done almost every year, I think we started it when our oldest was like in fourth grade or so, is uh, in February, we do a lot lighter school. 
in fact, when they were in elementary school, we basically dropped most of the courses in February to just concentrate on one thing as a family. So hmm. one year we did a unit study of Egypt and we studied about the pyramids and we baked Egyptian bread together. And uh, one year, uh, was it two years ago in 2018, uh, a lot of our classes were about uh, studying graphs and how to do bar charts because we were watching the Winter Olympics and wow. each kid had five countries that they were tracking. And so they had to check every day how many medals were won and draw flags of the countries and put it together in a chart and then analyze which countries were doing well. And then the older ones had to go research the history of skiing and who were some of the best snowboarders and who are all the homeschool athletes in the Winter Olympics this year because there were a ton of them. So February has been a, an interesting time when my wife gets a bit of a, a break hmm. from doing just kind of the normal math, science, history, literature, and a lot of the school is done in the evening. Our family is a night owl family, uh, has been since the kids were really young. So, uh, you know, some families pride themselves in everyone's up by 6.30 or 7, and, you know, maybe dad can do an hour school before he leaves for work. When I leave for work, I, I'm lucky if there's anyone around. <laughs> and our school's done in the evening. So when I get home, um, you know, we'll eat. And then, okay, 7 o'clock to 7.30, I'm doing history with this one. And then uh, let's read about Haydn and listen to some of his music for the next 15 or 20 minutes. And our family works better in the evening yeah. than it does in the morning. Well, and, and don't you love the flexibility that homeschooling affords your family to be able to go with what works so much better for it? I think so often as homeschoolers, we neglect to really capitalize on that opportunity to be flexible and to go with how we're bent. Very definitely. Um, I actually, I, I have a, a to-do list at work. Uh, I keep it as a Word document, and that's just kind of my, every time I start up the computer, that's what comes up first. Hmm. And fairly often at the top of that to-do list, I will have notes about thinking about homeschooling. So it might be you know, one of the kids mentioned that he uh, liked his botany textbook last year, and so this year make sure to give him ideas for going to the library or um, we're actually going to have him uh, plant some stuff this spring. Um, but one of the things that I fairly frequently write there is take a just because day off. You're a homeschooler. Oh, nice. It's a reminder to me. I'm a very schedule oriented. I, I like things laid out and I don't particularly like change, uh, which is why it works well for me to do planning. And then Sarah does the implementing because she's a much better change adapt when necessary. But I need the reminder on my to-do list. Hey, you know what? We're homeschooling. It's February. Let's take next <laughs> Wednesday off just because. We can do it. So exactly. let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there have been some days that, um, yeah, I think that moms and dads just get to the end of their that We need it as homeschool parents as much as or more than the students do. So it's just good for the whole family to do that, to build in a little bit of margin, a little bit of fun. One way that we did that the last couple of years is at the beginning of each year, I print out a certificate 
this certificate is good for one day off of school for the entire family. And then oh, wow. we put all four of them on the bulletin board. And the child is uh, allowed to at any time during the day, even if it's, you know, nine in the morning, we got stuff planned, they can use their certificate and everyone gets off school that day. That is one of the best ideas I've ever heard in my life. Um, That's it, awesome. It, it was a lot of fun. It means that, you know, in our case, the uh, the six-year-old um, was able, um, you know, having been encouraged by older siblings to give everyone like the, the day off uh, right after Thanksgiving break when no one wanted to come back yeah. to school on Monday. Okay. You're just fine. not ready. <laughs> exactly. And because I have the lesson plans done out, we just push everything forward one day and okay, you got, you used your certificate. It was a great use of it. Um, we'll start school tomorrow. Love it. Love it. That is awesome. Well, how, you know, with you and your wife working together on this, and you actually went back when you gave your beginning story, you noted at that point that, you know, communicating, she was at kind of her, her, she was done. She was at the end of her rope. She needed your help. So as you are now deep into this tandem homeschool arrangement that you have, how important is constant communication and, and that adapting and stuff to make sure that, you know, you, you noted that this is kind of, it changes all the time. It's a very fluid thing. So how, how important is your relationship with your wife investing in that communication to the success of your partnership in homeschooling? Um, I'm not sure I can emphasize it enough, honestly. <laughs> and we, we've done a really good job most times about talking to each other and letting each other know what we're planning, but it's because we've had to be intentional. So as an example, I mentioned in May, I'll usually take a day or two and look at what do the kids do this year? What strengths do they have? What weaknesses do they have? What do we need to do next year? And I'll put that together. And then Sarah and I go out to supper and we eat and then we sit down with my list and say, okay, here are all these things that I've thought about. And usually Sarah has to rein me in and say, um, actually, no, the kids can't do that much. How about if we do these things right here? Hmm. Um, and it's not just a once a year thing, of course. Um, she and I actually were out at uh, TGI Fridays last Friday night. Um, we did dessert and then we sat down and said, okay, February is coming up. What are we doing for February school this year? Uh, and so she brought a notebook and we wrote down, all right, here's what each kid is keeping doing, you know, math for everyone, except for the younger one who is almost done his math book and it's not even, you know, February <laughs> yet. Um, oh, and you know, this one needs to keep working on spelling because that's a, a real area. Um, but you know, we can drop this and we can drop that. And then what do we add for February? So, um, several of the kids are going to be helping out on making some meals. Uh, in fact, we're going to try and do one meal where the kids make the meal and Sarah and I don't do anything. Beautiful. I'm not sure how that's going to work. It <laughs> might be beautiful or it might 
result in everyone being grounded. We'll see. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, but that that was part of it. And so we decided this year one of the major things we're going to do is there's a uh, a fantastic author who's a materials engineer from England. He wrote a book called Stuff Matters a couple of years ago that we read mm. for February school. And this year we're reading the sequel called Liquids Rule. And it's about kerosene and water and tea and peanut butter, which is a liquid, oddly enough. Really? Yeah. Huh. So anyway, uh, but yeah, that's one of the things we have to keep doing. And uh, usually it will be Sarah who will notice that uh, we need to sit down and talk yeah. about something because this isn't working. Um, because she's the one that's there with the kids during the day. I'm just coming in at the end and doing you know, history and music and, and right. such. And she's the one who says, you know, one of them's really having problems with this. How can we adjust what we're doing? Right. Yeah. In our family, um, David and I have always been very proactive at we're, we're fortunate to have family nearby. So we've tried oh, yeah. to go off for a day or two to just have, now we can't do that an awful lot, but at least once a year where we can have some serious time to just evaluate where we are as a family, where we're going, what's going on with the kids, making sure that we're on the same page. And then just those intermittent come back together because things are slipping or I'm noticing something or he's noticing something or whatever. But it's so, so important to keep that line of communication open and really investing in the marriage part of your relationship as much as, or, or even more sometimes than you are in the homeschool part. Because if that starts to, to waver or crumble, um, it's going to impact everything else in your life. One of the things that we did when the kids were younger uh, to make sure that we kept that was we uh, unfortunately we don't have family we have a family in Nova Scotia and family in Mississippi and then oh, wow. in Virginia so um, but we were able to uh, hire a babysitter um, mm. one of the uh, young women uh, from an HSLDA family and um, we actually did that I think for about two years uh, every Tuesday night, we'd have the babysitter come over and it was just for one hour. That was it. But we could go out and we spent that time talking together. Some about homeschooling, nice. some about marriage. And it, it wasn't a terrific expense because, you know, one hour babysitting, that's, right. that's affordable. Um, but it was absolutely wonderful. And I think, I think, like I said, we did that about a year and a half or two. Um, and then the kids got old enough that the older one could be the babysitter. Right. And, oh, what a wonderful change that, in life that was. Isn't it glorious? Yeah, now we uh, we don't have to think about anything. We just say, lock up, and we're out of here. <laughs> so it's great. Yep. Um, yeah, that is a game changer when you're able, because we can even go off now out of town, and they're fine, because uh, they're all skewing so much older now. Um, yes, and that's, that's just one of those things that – when you're still with the young kids, it's hard to believe that that day yeah. will actually come. Um, and so that's actually, you know, kind of going a, a different thing. Um, when I give talks to support groups, I encourage them to set up some sort of babysitting pool or something mm -hmm. like that for the young families. Um, because you really, really need that time for dad and mom to be able to have just dad and mom time. Yeah. Or more specifically, husband and wife time, not dad and mom time. Right, exactly. <laughs> 
Well, as you know, as we're talking and getting kind of back to that dads in homeschooling um, topic, what are you seeing or are you seeing more dads actually getting involved? Because it seems to me at our at our events at Teach Them Diligently that every single year I'm talking to more and more guys who are getting deeper involved in it or are becoming the primary homeschooler in their family. So is that is that just kind of within the families that I'm interacting with or are you all at HSLDA seeing a lot more of that as well? I wouldn't say a lot more, but I would definitely say more. Yeah. On the other hand, the baseline is so low that right. really the percentage is growth is yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I started giving this talk to dads back oh six or seven years ago, I actually went around and talked to. We've got a lot of homeschool grads here in the office, and so I talked to them and asked, "So, what did your father do for homeschooling?" Um, mostly the answer I got was nothing. Yeah. Um, there were a number who said. Um, he did devotions with our family, or he led devotions, uh, which I'm all for, absolutely. But my dad did that for our family when we were in public school and when right. we were in private school. It wasn't a part of the homeschooling. It was his contribution to the spiritual life of the family. Um, so I... You know, yes, definitely we're seeing more. And like you, when I go to conferences, I'm talking with more families where dad is helping. Part of that is that there's, uh, with the growth of uh, telework, it's a lot easier Mm. to work in the home. And so dad's there. That's some people who I've talked with. The other is just that as homeschooling has become more common, the the demographics of homeschooling back when I was being homeschooled in the 80s were very strongly dad goes to work, mom stays home, homeschools the kids, because that was the type of family who was drawn to homeschooling. Nowadays, it's single parents and parents who are both working and uh, parents where mom's the major breadwinner. I know one family it was a friend of mine where uh, mom's an ER nurse and dad does most of the homeschooling there. Mm. Um, and it's just, so yes, I'm definitely seeing more. What I find at conferences is I find a whole lot of dads who are interested in doing more, but who really have no idea of what to do, yeah. how to get involved. Yeah. And so my major advice to them is, Ask your wife what she would like. Um, Because I've talked with some families, for example, where the wife is the one who does all the lesson plans, and then the husband is kind of the implementer. If we tried that in our family, that would just plain be a bad idea all the way around. (laughs) Um, And I've talked with families where mom and dad do the lesson plans together, and wow, I respect that. That wouldn't work for us. Sarah and I think differently. Right. But if you can find out what works for your family, and that will definitely take some trial and error, there are lots of ways dad can help out, whether it's by teaching or grading or doing labs or going to co-op with the kids. There are a bunch of different things. Right. Well, as we're kind of winding down here, what are some of the practical tips that you would leave the guys with or the families with for how, you know, you have found just really, really practically uh, to jump in and get involved? So the first one is talking with your wife, 
see what she wants if she has ideas. Um, there are some very small things you can do. Uh, some examples. Um, at the beginning of each school year, we actually have a little opening ceremony. Um, we're Anglicans. We do written prayers. We have written prayers for everything. And so we do a Bible reading as a family and say a written prayer together. And that's kind of our opening ceremony for the year. And it kicks off the year with the reminding the kids, mom and dad are in this thing together. Um, That's a very small thing, but it sets the tone. Um, I had one dad who did nature walks with his kids on Saturday mornings so mom could sleep in. Nice. Uh, They lived, uh, I think, in Southern California, and so they had some nice walking trails nearby, and uh, it was great. It was science for the kids, and it was a break for mom, and it wasn't on a work day. It was a time for him to spend time with his kids. Yeah. That's fun. And then the last one I'd say is um, field trips. Um, In my family, my wife does not like doing field trips. I love it. So I'm the one who plans the field trips and sets them up and takes the kids on field trips. I think that's great fun. I've talked to some dads who think that would be like, you know, the seventh circle of hell or something. Right, right. But, you know, it's, it's one that only takes one day off work. You can go for a field trip. You'll learn a ton. And you stop for ice cream with the kids on the way home, something they remember. Exactly. Well, why? one thing that we have kind of left out that I definitely want to um, – make sure that we hit before we close is aside from just the practical, what it takes off of mom and practical, you know, the teamwork effort, what else does having dad involved in homeschooling and at kind of a a really intentional level, what does that do for your family, for your relationship with your kids, um, for your ability to invest and disciple them and, and all of that? How does this factor into kind of the bigger picture of what we're doing as moms and dads? Okay. I'll tell two stories on that. Uh, the first is from my homeschool experience. The first year we homeschooled, I was in grade 11. We were new to it. We weren't sure what we were doing. Mom was a teacher. She was the one who did almost all the stuff. But dad was Canadian. He didn't know American history. And so we did American history as a family. And dad was there every single day as we read through the the book and discussed it. And to me, it showed that uh, even as adult, you can keep learning. Hmm. And that was a a great example uh, for me. Um, And then for my interaction with my kids, um, one of the things that it's really done is it gives opportunities for me to pass on what's important to them. So I mentioned I'm uh, going through our, our church's catechism with one of my kids this year, which gives all sorts of great examples and opportunities to talk about the faith and what's important. But another one that my wife and I have done is when we're doing health with our kids in eighth grade, uh, we take them out for supper and discuss our expectations and rules for dating and relationships and what they're going to be allowed to do and how we're going to work through this as a family. Um, We've done that with two and the next one is scheduled for sometime this month to do it. So It, it gives an opportunity to uh, to live life with your kids and show them that this Christianity thing is a vital, important part of our life, not just for mom and dad, but for you guys too. Yep, yep. And it's time that you can never 
replace. It is it is time that is so well invested that it will pay off for the rest of their life, the rest of your life as you're building these relationships, investing in um, just the the emotional, spiritual, every kind of element of well-being for your children. Um, it's just a it's a good decision to make. So. Um, Thank you so much for kind of breaking this down for us a little bit, talking from experience. This has been a, a great conversation. I've so enjoyed it. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And I, I love homeschooling. I mean, I've worked here at HSLDA for almost 24 years now. And I just think homeschooling is an awesome way to educate your kids and to connect with them. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's the the very best way to prepare them for life. I really do. Um, and to fulfill our calling to teach them diligently because it affords you so many opportunities um, to just like you said, get in and do life with them. It's It's really an awesome door opener. It really is. And I love it. Well, thank you so much, Darren, for joining us. We will link all kinds of stuff down below to connect people with HSLDA and with uh, some of the different resources that you guys have available. So I appreciate your sharing all that with us. And I look forward to seeing you in Nashville. Thank you. I am really looking forward to being there. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. So thanks so much. And I will uh, talk to you later. Thank you. you for listening to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently, so we're here to help. We would love to get to know you on site at one of our many events each year and throughout the year when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community. Go to www.teachthemdiligently.net forward slash podcast to get more details and resources to encourage and equip your family. While you're there, you can also pick up the show notes and additional information from today's show. It's our daily prayer that God will encourage and equip your family through Teach Them Diligently, and we'd love to hear from you. Send us a note or share your stories with us on social media with the hashtag WeTTD. God is doing great things within His families all around the world, and we would love to celebrate that with you. We'd also love to have you join us by subscribing to our podcast and then sharing it with a friend who could use a little encouragement as they too follow God's plan for their family. Hope you have a fantastic rest of your day, and I look forward to visiting with you again real soon.